Hello, beautiful people. This is Neil, the founder of Portal to Ascension, and you right now are on and listening into Portal to Ascension Radio. And this is our new project, new mission. But if you listen to this in the future, then I guess this is our old project that is still going on. And this is the podcast, Portal to Ascension, that is an extension of the information that we share on our platform on many different topics. But if I was to break it down to a few, I would say evolution of consciousness, true world history and ancient civilizations, UFOs and extraterrestrials, and conscious sustainability and business. So if you'd like to, you can go to our website, portaltoascension.org. You can sign up there and receive thousands of hours of footage. We have been creating conscious event productions for quite a few years now. And through all these events that we've created, we have now created an online database in which you can go and explore and search by speaker, search by category, and look at the amazing information that we have there. We also have new featured documentaries that are coming out every single month. So be sure to go to our website and check out the database and the information and the content and the speakers. It's truly a resource for you in this time of awakening as we move forward into this reality that we're creating, empowering humanity so that we can take back our sovereignty and really create universal peace, love, and joy on earth. And that's what it's truly about. So go ahead and check that out. And if you want to follow myself on Instagram, you can do so, so at at I underscore am underscore resonance and then Portal to Ascension on YouTube, Facebook and other platforms at Portal to Ascension. Check that out. Now we're going into our series that we've been doing for the last few weeks now in which I'm bringing forward speakers interviews that we had at our last Portal to Ascension conference in which there were over 50 speakers involved actually probably more like 65 because we had panels every single day a bunch of speakers in their interviews we had 15 different MCs and hosts so it was a huge event with many revolutionary and compassionate individuals involved in it so we're going to go ahead and continue with this flow and bring on today's guest and each guest will be interviewed by a different MC some of them might be the same but you're going to be introduced to not only the speaker and their content, but also the MC slash host that is going to be the interviewer. So let's get into today's guest. You know, I'm super excited that I get to introduce our next guest um, because he is my radio partner on Awakening Code Radio. And Eric Rankin is, has been one of my very closest friends and he's been doing Awakening Code Radio for the last eight years. And he created the highly successful two-part sonic geometry documentary series, which is now more than two parts, but it went viral right away in 2012 when he introduced sonic geometry and actually coined the phrase sonic geometry. I like people to, to look at Eric as the godfather of sonic geometry, the way that Stephen Halpern is the godfather of, of um, the, the sound healing and the music, meditative music movement. So, um, Eric has been, he has been such a humble, 
um, beautiful soul in coming on this journey. You know, when I first met him in 2009, he thought we were all a bunch of crackpots when we were talking about orbs and UFOs and aliens and star family. And he, you know, used to call me the leader of the whack pack back then. And he has had such a shift because all this information is coming forward and he's, he's gotten direct contact by hearing a voice in his head that gave him the information and really the keys and the codes to what sonic geometry is. And I'd like uh, Eric to go, hi there, hi. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here by the skin of my teeth. I was getting a little nervous texting on the side going, uh-oh, he's not in the room yet, you know? But you're here. You made it on. I see a lot of your your uh, geometric. I do. I'll I'll take you on a little tour a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the voice in your head when, <laughs> when you know you were just just coming online and <laughs> yeah. Start where you hear there voices you in your head. Um, sure. I mean, I guess so because I think you and I have talked enough that. And I have gotten the messages now I would call them downloads or visitations or whatever they are that what we want to call extraterrestrials or angels or spirit beings or maybe just a muse that you hear in your head could all be the same thing. And I don't want to delineate from what we understand about what we would call angels or ETs or multidimensional beings. I think they could all very well be the, the same thing. The first time I ever heard from a voice like that. It was actually probably my longest conversation, but this is going back 25 years or so or longer. And I had a, a real debilitating neck injury that I wasn't getting over. And a, a female voice came into my, my presence. I mean, I didn't see anyone, but I certainly heard a voice. And in a fashion, she told me she was going to help me out. And <laughs> she did. I woke up the following morning after a really a debilitating uh, spinal injury for six months where I could barely walk and hardly move. And I had zero pain, full movement, and I've had that since. So that was my introduction. And then regarding what this information is about, uh, that was not, uh, eight years ago, August of 2012. Uh-oh. It looks like your computer might glitched. Let's see if Eric's going to come back on. Neil, do you do you hear his Eric uh, so much energy caused his computer to just There you go. Okay, you're back. Uh, it says my connection is a tad unstable, but I'm on my 5G, so I don't know what else to do about that. <laughs> Let's just keep going. And one of the things we've noticed a lot of times, Eric, during people's presentations um, through this whole summit, whenever we've had a little bit of glitching going on in the back rooms for you, our viewers, if you've noticed that during these five days in the back rooms with all the hosts, we have focused our energy on calling in the benevolent being that are surrounding this whole conference and asking them to clear the way so that we can have smooth communications and get get these presentations and this information out. So Eric, you want to see if you can, are you still hung there? 
because I definitely don't do as good of a job explaining sonic geometry as Eric does. Neil does, and he's fabulous with it, but um, what Eric has done for this whole movement with sonic geometry and going into what sacred geometry sounds like in frequency and form and giving the whole history to the origins of geometry and measurements. And he goes into the Sumerian Kings list and talks about the Mayan cycle of time and the one great year and how the Sumerians used to count on their, on their knuckles. He, he gives us, it's such a great overview of how our math system started and then ties it into the frequency and how that frequency is so healing for all of us and what that can do to up-level each one of us. Um, he's been getting a lot more downloads lately too. So you're, it looks like you're back, Eric. I thought I saw you moving in the back room. Yeah, he's in, but I think his internet's low. I, this is when when this happens to us on Awakening Code Radio, we we call it. I have to tap dance a little bit. Um, so we do want you, our listeners, to know. First of all, Eric's website is sonicgeometry.com, and he also is going to be doing his own Portal to Ascension Sonic Geometry Summit on Saturday, December fifth, no twelve to two. Okay, you're back, Eric. I see your beautiful face. Hello. Uh-oh. Keep sending it. There you go. I love that. Atta, Atta, she's saying, uh, let's focus on to help stabilize Eric's internet connection. And that's what we can do as a team, as this beautiful collective consciousness that we are, is really help our brothers and sisters and help the internet connection. We're we're being masterful at that right now. Thanks for the energy, Eric, you're back. All right, well, who knows? I'm, the, the bugs are all around us. So I don't know what you heard, but the uh, download that I got that was relative to sonic geometry was in August of 2012. Uh, I literally heard a voice, a man's voice this time, tell me to go into my conference room and draw a geometric form, a triangle. This was crazy because uh, geometry is not in my field really at all, or wasn't, it is now. And uh, I drew a triangle on a whiteboard, a dry erase board. And then this voice said, no, now you make note of the sum total of its angles. So a, a triangle always has three, three angles and that will always be 180 degrees, no matter what those angles are. It can be a right triangle like that or equilateral triangle, it doesn't matter. It'll always total 180. And then I thought, well, that was weird, but I did it. And then the last thing was a, an instruction is to play that as a tone. And I used a, my, uh, an app on my iPhone at the time, but here I have a lovely set of chimes that were made in Australia that are called the sonic geometry chime sets. And a triangle sounds like this. And I'm like, well, there, I did it. I drew a triangle, I made note of it, some total angles, and I played it as a tone. And they're like, you're just getting started. We want you to play the tones and match the geometry to all the elemental geometric shapes. So the square, the circle, the pentagon, the hexagon, the septagon, seven sides, and the octagon. And when I did that, from starting with a triangle, then I did a square, 
and I realized that there was a musical interval happening. It was an octave. And I was a little bit surprised to think that somehow, in even its most basic and elemental way, that geometry was revealing a musical interval, an octave. And it just makes sense. A triangle is 180, a, a square is 360. When you double the vibration cycles per second, you get the same tone, only twice as high in pitch. So anyway, that's not what really caught my attention that day was the other tones in there were either this tone, which I recognized is a fifth of this one. And that's the most common interval we have in music, the fifth. Our whole musical scale is called the circle of fifths. Um, it starts with C and goes to G, and a fifth from G is D, and a fifth from D is A, and it just keeps going until it's back to C again. I'm like, well, that's weird. The geometry is giving us a fifth, and then the septagon snuck in there with this one, and now I had, I had a major chord. And I'm like, geometry is playing the most beautiful form of music now, a geometric, not a geometric, a harmonic interval called the major chord. And it's mathematically perfect, which the music we listen to might have been a podcast listener's first ever uh, time hearing what numerically perfect harmonic sound like. So I'm like getting all excited and thinking this has got to be something that people know and I'm going to do some research and I ran to my laptop and googled all kinds of stuff and looked for web pages and YouTube videos and there was not a single mention anywhere that geometric shapes reveal major chord harmonics. And I'm like that just seems like a huge gap or that something that somebody skipped over and I can't be the person that has discovered this, but in those eight years, I became the person that discovered that connection. And uh, it's been, as you know, because you've known me those last eight years, it has been a crazy ride that I ever had to make a call to anyone like Gaia TV or Ancient Aliens on, on the History Channel. Um, and it's just been talking about this information, going deeper into what the information is trying to reveal since then. And it's been... It's been a phenomenal run. You have, you have been getting so much information. It sounds like you've also gotten information that keeps dovetailing like the Sumerian Kings list. And um, I, I have both sets of my chimes sitting next to me as well. I don't think Neil has me on camera, but did you play both the Sumerian Kings list and the, no, and the, the Tower of Life chimes? No, this one was just the, um, this one was the lower one, the, the D major one. Oh. So, and, the flower, and it was so the, it, the Sumerian Kings list. Yeah. Um, but why don't you go into how you learned even more and, and how it, everything well, keeps how you keep getting more yeah, and that, more information that's relevant. The, the big thing that came to me that day, and it was on that day, and I was starting to just draw number sequences down, and some of them I recognized because what happened is a musical scale revealed, revealed itself to me, but it's 14 tones rather than 12. And, but some of the numbers that were coming through were numbers that I had seen before, 72 was, what Joseph Campbell would call a, a mathematical mythology, that these numbers 
words have been embedded in our stories and our religious texts and our myths and our murals for a long time. And another number, 144, 144,000 is in the book of Revelations and it's in Mayan architecture and Egyptian pyramid architecture. Um, so I'm like, what is going on here? And the first thing I had to realize and the idea of being any kind of extraterrestrial connection was not in my field at all. And I wasn't looking for one. Um, but to, if you're gonna get into geometry at all, you have to realize why is an angle an angle? It's because a circle does it take of the circle. So if it looks like an L, that would be 90 degrees of a circle because it's four times 90 is 360. Um, so I'm like, well, where did, who decided a circle should be 360 degrees? As you know, I teach a lot of lectures out at the Integratron and Contact in the Desert and talk to a lot of engineers and mathematicians who are very well aware of the circle having 360 degrees, but to date, not one has known why. And that was the rabbit hole I launched down that day. Why does a circle have 360 degrees? And you have to go all the way back to Samaria, 6,000 years ago, where we got this, you mentioned it, 1260 counting system. So it's not metric, it's not based on tens, it's based on counting the knuckles of one hand on the long fingers, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, and then multiplying those five times, 12 plus 12 is 24, 36, 48, and 60. So all the 12s and 60s that we still have around us in our life every day, 12 months to a, a year, 12 hours to a day or a night, 12 signs of the zodiac, and 60, 60 minutes to a, you know, an hour, 60 seconds to a minute, 60 is all over our, our reality today. It's like, well, what, how did this come into being? And the Sumerians who wrote the world's first written language as well as coming up with this math system, and we can read it, that they said sky visitors gave us this information. They taught us how to make these inventions, wheeled and vehicles and the plow and the world's first pyramid and this writing system. So it's pretty amazing that we, humanity, all over the world in its most official way, are using these Sumerian measurements um, to arrive at, at the way we measure the planet, the way we measure time, um, distance. So we're, we're falling into a bed of evidence and embedded in that field of evidence are these mysterious numbers, 432 and 216 and 108. And, and all of a sudden you realize you're not just talking about musical intervals, you're talking about a matrix of information that is both geometry and frequency and energy and physics. Um, and it's like the mystery is this information has been following humanity for 6,000 years, but it's also revealing that someone in some capacity is sharing this information with us. That's the, the, the thing that's almost easy to skip over. We see these coincidental number sequences all over the place in all these different cultures all over the world since we've been a, a culturalized society. And we forget somebody planted those seeds of those number codes into our consciousness, into our stories, into our that's right. myths. That's where it gets really interesting. So it feels like we have been guided, our, our species, guided. 
totally. I, <laughs> I totally, I've watched, I've watched you be guided through this journey with you. And one of the things that I so appreciate you is you remind me of, you know, being a kid playing with Tinker toys and Legos, and you you construct some of these things because these images are coming through to in, inside of your head. And I watch it up. You know, when we have a passion, our passion gives us our purpose. And Eric, that's what I've watched with you is that your passion is coming through in this purpose that you have to get this information out for that for the healing and upliftment and up leveling of all of humanity. Um, I know you talk a lot about the Tryon Ray and Buckminster Fuller and the Spherical 12, and you're, you, you have right behind you some of your um, pipe cleaner creations. Let's see, if I can, let's see if I can move around a little bit um, and talk about some of these, some of these shapes. Have better so, yes, uh, now. Oh, well, right after we made Sonic Geometry 1, I was introduced to uh, an artist, Michael Evans, who you know, and this is, as far as most geometers would be concerned, mathematicians or theorists, people working with math, this is the holy grail of the universe. It's a tetrahedron, and it doesn't get any smaller than this. If you're a geometric solid, a platonic solid, like a containment field, this is as small as it gets. So many people will tell you this is somehow related to how the universe is constructed. But there are people like Alan Watts or Buckminster Fuller or um, Pythagoras that thought that spin and, and torque and curve were really important. Well, this doesn't satisfy any of those things. So Michael Evans has been uh, kind of sharing this shape. And this is a geometric solid as well. It has points. A geometric solid has to have points. It has to have edges, hard edges, and it has to have surfaces, planes. Well, this has all of those things, but it only has two points. And it only has three sides instead of four and three edges instead of four. So all of a sudden, we're looking at something completely different that might be the core of the universe. And look at how organic it looks. It looks like a seed pod or a leaf or our eyeball shape or, you know, you might even say the universe. It's the intersection of circles or spheres. So yes, these are models behind me where these are built on the same geometry. And you start seeing the flower of life actually in multiple dimensions. So it's no longer just, um, it's no longer a 2D model we're talking about. It's actually a 4D model. It's four planes and each plane has volume. So really now we are talking about what the universe might actually, the energetic signature of it look like if it is geometric and most physicists now agree that it is. So it's fascinating. <laughs> it's like the flower of life. It is fascinating. Just, just like these number codes, the flower of life is like a template or a primer uh, directing humanity's attention. And it's not just a, a 2D on a piece of paper construct, it's inviting us to think in multiple dimensions. I, I, I love how you explain it and you give us the visual that goes along with it. Somebody in the chat room is saying enterprise. I love it. <laughs> um, you know, they, they saw your model little, uh, of the enterprise. And, there, yeah. yeah. 
And Adam Apollo brought Gene Roddenberry into his talk and on the Ascension, on whatever panel he was on the other day, he talked a lot about Gene Roddenberry as well. And yes, and the prime directive, here we are. And it, 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 it does feel like uh, life is imitating art or art is imitating life right now. And I like what you do when you talk about the mother matrix and you talk about the feminine principles that are coming into your work. You're seeing more and more about the differences between the hard lines and the curved lines. Do you want to talk a little yeah. bit about that? Well, yeah, the more we're learning about the energetic um, nature of the universe, the first thing you want to think of when you think of energy is waveform. I mean, right away, we're not talking about straight lines and hard anything. You're talking about fluctuations and waveforms, whether it's light or sound or any of them, all is based on wave. And wave eventually finds its way into spin because there's pulls, whether it's push or pull energy, what we might call electromagnetism or gravity, but it's causing spin. So spin becomes really, really important. And again, the tetrahedron doesn't just automatically make you think of spin, but all of these models do. As soon as you look at them, or even just the trion ray itself, you go, oh, I see the, at least a, an element of spin. I see this curved line. What if I imagined it going further out or further in? That's this, this geometric model goes infinitely outward and infinitely inward. Uh, and Nassim Harriman um, talks a lot about this model, the overlapping of spheres, uh, to where what you build is a model called the vector equilibrium, but you build it out of curved shapes as opposed to straight lines. I love that explanation. <laughs> I'm, I, I've been watching the, watching the chat a little bit and Professor J. Paul says, what is his website? This is fundamental, which we, we put in the chat room that Eric's website is sonicgeometry.com. And it, it's, it's um, you go into such high level of detail on your sonic geometry videos. And the reason why I felt so drawn to it, you kind of used me as your, what would you call me? The person you ran it by when the information first came out. And I said it was because I'm a simpleton. So mm -hmm. for all of you who are not professor level, um, you know, and sometimes some of this information goes right over my head. It's not in my wheelhouse to understand things from a physics point of view or um, some of the mathematical points of view, but watching sonic geometry with the visuals that you and Alana Luna put together with your explanation, it, it brings it to my level of thinking, but it also brings it to the physics, I, I know that many physician, uh, physicians, uh, professors and physics, um, who, Manas Kafatos, what is he? He's a world-renowned oh, yeah, physicist. physicist. Has, yeah. And, yeah. Mm -hmm, have started contacting you about this information. Yeah, and he, Manas has been in my apartment. You know, you were there, I think, the day that he was here and picked up some of these models. I took the picture of you. Yeah, how did you yes. how did you come up with these models? Because they really model the quantum universe in a beautiful way. And yes, it I, I do fundamentally believe that this is not supposed to be so overcomplicated that the average person can't at least grasp the conspicuous um, coincidental nature of it, the synchronistic nature of things. You're not really crunching numbers, you're just seeing that the same numbers are showing up 
here in this timeline and over here on another culture's timeline and some way back in time in these, why would these numbers be here? 432 is one that Joseph uh, Campbell said is one that shows up the most in all of his world travels to sort of unravel this story that we call the hero's journey. Why was he finding the number 432? And we don't know exactly why, but it seems like an important clue. That's what all of these things are, we're experimenting with now, I think, are significant clues to start playing with. And ultimately, I think what they will do for us, and everybody talks about this in kind of a cliched way, but I think that they will very likely activate our pineal gland without needing to ingest um, plant medicines or, or do anything, that we eventually are going to get in ourselves into this field of resonance and harmonics. And these are harmonics that nature reveals to us in algorithms, in growth patterns. When we hear those, those intervals and we activate our growth pattern, the same growth pattern, our pineal gland is called that because the same reason a pine cone is called a pine cone or a pineapple is called a pineapple. It has the same geometric counter-rotating spin. And if we activate that gland, truly the way it's supposed to be activated, we get to see things that you don't get to see in this everyday 3D world. You get to see a grid, you get to see energy, you get to see shimmer and vibration. Um, I think you know Alex Gray's art, if listener you don't know, mm -hmm. he's a, an artist that paints more or less what people describe, or I'm sure he himself sees when he's either on a plant medicine journey or meditating or, or whatnot. Uh, one of our viewers, Tiana, says, agreed, we don't need the drugs to activate. They may help, but aren't needed. And I, I wanted to point that out, that a lot of people have discussions over whether or not you need those plant medicines to activate the pineal gland or to see this deeper perspective. And I've, I've heard somebody say that it's like an escalator. to You can actually get there without using those. Sometimes it's the quicker way to get there, but that many have had those experiences without them. And I wanted to give a shout out to Johnny J, who said, who says, it all seems to be a part of the great pattern or the web. And Johnny J has been watching us on or listening to our podcast, um, says it's one of his favorite podcasts and it's great to see us together. So that's sweet because we don't do it this way. We're not usually nope. with our faces. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, one of the things that was coming through for me today, I just had an image while you were speaking. I had an image of the, the that you created using some of these sounds and frequencies and what happened to us on our dolphin boat when we went out with the dolphins. And I've heard you tell this story before, but the last time we private chartered this boat, which we've been doing for 10 years, the last time we did that was on 1010 last year. And we had 1,200 dolphins surround our boat, which is not unusual when we go out and Eric plays these harmonic frequencies. And I'd like you to share a little bit about what has happened on these boat trips with the dolphins, because we have a lot of dolphin people in here, I'm sure. Yeah, um, well, I've been inspired by dolphins. I wrote a book that that's how you and I met. It's all about dolphins and their innate physiology and the dolphins and whales are true masters of frequencies. And we are catching up to what dolphins can do. Um, I've been out in, in boats, interacting with live dolphins, both uh, in the wild and in tanks and in cap captivity, 
but I'm some real familiar with their behaviors out in the wild and something they'd like to do is ride the bow wave. They will surf the pressure of, of water being pushed forward by a big boat or even a smaller boat. And you can see them, they'll just stay lockstep, but they're surfing. They're not just coming close to the boat, they're surfing the pressure wave in front of the boat. That's really common. It's when, so we were playing these frequencies and I just had a thought, you know, it, are the frequencies actually attracting them or are they just playing in the bow wave? So we asked, asked the skipper to stop the boat and shut the engines down. That's usually when the dolphins just peel away and go, you know, thanks for the, the bow ride. Uh, and these dolphins stayed with us. And that's um, anecdotal at best, but it is telling us something that these dolphins are either resonating or attracted to or are getting maybe even information from these particular exact patterns. And they are particular and exact. We just took a, um, an, an old experiment that we had done and slowed it down and realized that when we played these, this triad of frequencies, we got what looked like a three-dimensional lotus flower in a cymatics uh, uh, little container. And that's quite amazing, actually that were created. Why don't you talk about that? Because what happened with that cymatics experiment, you've been fascinated with for a long time, and I think there's something to it. Well, cymatics is a fascinating study on its own. It is applying vibration to a substrate, and then either water or sand or flour or something resting there, and you will see these patterns uh, being revealed, and it's fascinating to watch. You can see these beautiful, complex patterns. Um, it looks almost like Neil's uh, his emoji or his uh, profile picture is sort of a cymatic uh, imagery, but you will see something as beautiful as that in cymatics. Um, but I had never experimented using cymatics in multiple frequencies, combining frequencies. And so that's what we did in the lab one day about six years ago. And the operator in the lab, the technician, had never seen. So what we got was standing waveforms, which is what you get. But then lit behind it was this dynamic three-dimensional lotus flower, looking exactly like what you would just say a lotus flower looks like. That's what we got through this cymatics. Let me go get a little form. Um, I'll take this back with you. Well, um, while you do that, I'll, I'll let you know that uh, pe people say they'd love to experience the dolphins with sound like that. And yes, I do have some video of that. I'll have to see if I can get them. Sure. Okay, go ahead, um, Eric. This is, this is more or less exactly what was revealed. Now, we're only firing this into about a quarter inch of water. But what we saw through the camera is this dimensional lotus where we can see petals hiding under other petals, hiding other under petals. And it just makes almost no sense why you would possibly see that. And I know that that's just the beginning of what we're gonna find out, what frequencies can do. It's important to know that with cymatics, people get all um, excited about it, that it's a very hard experiment to replicate. You can, you can do it, the experiment one way with the same frequency and the same container and the same medium, whether it's water or sand. Um, same volume and then come back the next day, try and duplicate it as exact and you won't get the exact image you saw by saying playing 432 hertz. And there's some confusion about that. 
So if we can replicate this and no matter what the container, the size, the volume, if we played those triads and got a lotus flower, we would have truly groundbreaking um, uh, information to work with and from here. It is so fascinating. I see Trisha McCannon. She said, that's wonderful, Eric. She's joining in the live chat and Bethany's writing may lead to understanding language, like understanding language in arrival. That, that's one of Eric's well, favorite movies, it, as a matter of fact. Here's, here's a download that I have not even told you, Michelle, because it was so recent. Oh my gosh. I was uh -huh. looking at all this information and my guides just dropped in and said, the lotus flower is our hello. So see oh. that if we can create that out of frequency and we see this lotus flower, which has been a symbol of a, a awakening or consciousness, and all of a sudden we're able to unlock the keys that create that dimensional lotus in, in, in the ethers. The, the guides dropped in and said, that's hello from us, the lotus. And that's why it's a symbol all over the world. So when they're saying that's hello from us, you're saying that our star family, when they place that symbol in our consciousness, it's, it's kind of like a tap on our shoulder, maybe like the 1111 or some of these numerical sequences that many of us are seeing. It's like a tap on the shoulder saying, you're not alone in this universe. We're here with you and supporting us and guiding us. Um, right. I Rosa see a, is I asking, see what is the tone for the Lotus? So it was the King's chord. Um, it was the D major chord, precise, not just sitting at a keyboard and playing. The D has to be 144 or 288 or it's octaves. The F sharp has to be 360 or 180 or 720. The uh, A has to be 432 or 216 or 108. So it's a D major chord. It's three frequencies, but they have to be numerically perfect. And you will never just sit down at any instrument and be able to play it. They have to be isolated or engineered to play at the same time. I'm so glad you shared that because a lot of people think just, you know, all of a sudden 432 became a movement. Everybody started talking about music in 432 and I'm not a musician myself. So I, I never could explain it or understand it the way that you do. But when you break it down like that, I think it makes it more, more palatable for all of us to understand it. There, there's specifics involved there. And did you touch on, you know, the music played in 444? You, there, we've had conversations about somebody playing in 432 the wrong way versus 440. Do you want, can you touch on those? Yes. Um, well, it starts getting very complicated, actually. All I can tell you, it would be easier to just say that what Pythagoras was talking about when he discovered ratios that revealed frequencies and tone, those were mathematic in nature. As we evolved into building ever more complex instruments, we realized that there was times that even though the intervals were mathematically perfect, they didn't always sound great to us. We were, we were building instruments that could hold a bunch of notes at the same time. So a D major chord where the D is the first note sounds great, but an, a G chord where the D is the fifth, all of a sudden sounds a little wonky. So we did this thing, this clever device for listening to music called equal temperament. And equal temperament is like a blurring or a fuzzing almost like if you have an eraser or, or blending chalk pastels and you want to blend them so they look a little, you know, 
less abrupt together. That's mm -hmm. what we musically. We we feathered in these tones, but now they almost kind of gobbledygooky looking. They have they're fractionalized. They have tons of decimal points, you know, out in a remainder where all these numbers in what we call the factor nine grid are all whole numbers. And they always, by weird uh, coincidence, always total or reduce to nine. So it's... Can you give, it's, give those numbers one more time? I think our dear friend, Trisha McCannon, who's been on our show and is I've, one of my sweethearts as well. She asked mm -hmm. if you could say those numbers again. Sure, they were 288, 360, and 432. And you can actually um, get a, a tone generating app, and as long as it plays multiple frequencies, you can play those frequencies together. Um, let me find, because we created a new um, video of, of that um, lotus flower, and I'll give you the title so you could actually just type it, type it. So the video- you, is, you can get all those numbers in ericsoniggeometry.com. Yeah, yeah so it's the, the title, I'm gonna read it to you exactly. The title where you can see the lotus flower being created out of 288, it says sonic geometry dash perfect harmonics creates lotus blossom in cymatics lab. That's how you'll find it. So sonic wow. perfect harmonics creates lotus blossom in cymatics lab. Oh, I, I, I can't even keep up I, with all the people I, chatting in. I, and I, I suppose Kat I could. Puda and Lori are saying hello. So, there, there it is. There so you can see this moving, and if you were to stop it, um, you would see these individual lotus flower petals, and it's not the standing waves. There's a very tight web of standing waves in there, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about this crystalline curved structure. We had our admin Colleen uh, change and shift colors and make it slow motion, and you can see it much more clearly. So we just made that video just uh, late last week. And is that on the Sonic Geometry website now? I don't think it is. It's not even up there yet, no. But, but you'll get it up there. I'm sure you'll- We'll, we'll get it up. We just, there. I, I like that it, it had the- Yeah, and it's-, it's I like 11. that you put the frequencies there too. Yes, yeah, Colleen did that for us. So that is a very exciting, I'll be meeting someone tomorrow to talk about maybe going deeper down into this field. Because like I said, if we can recreate this, perfect harmonics revealing these three-dimensional shapes in water, um, it, would be, uh, it would be a breakthrough. So they're starting to do that with light where they're firing you know, two lasers at water, but we're talking about something that's very easy for us to do. You can create these frequencies, singing them, you know, three people singing around a person. Doesn't take a million dollars worth of fancy lab uh, equipment. And that's why I think this is so important is it's accessible to everyone. We all have a tone generator built into our, our physiology. Our voice box is a tone generator. Whether we make a hum or we play a guitar string or cross-check it with an app, we can now, we're at a place in history where we can create these tones and start experimenting. We couldn't have done this 25 years ago. We didn't have the technology in the hands of everybody. You had to be a 
an audio engineer if you were going to buy a tone generating piece of equipment. That's how I know we're Say the name of that. I was going to ask you, someone in the chat's asking you to say the name of that video again, the title of that. It's something like it's Sonic so Geometry. Oh, I, I think I got out of it. Um, Sonic Geometry, Perfect Harmonics creates Lotus Blossom in Cymatics. Right. And the app that you use, what is that tone generating app? It was called Tone Gen, but I haven't been able to get find that exact one as I replaced my phone. Um, I'm looking for a very simple app that just allows you to isolate frequencies and then layer them if you want to. Because that's where that's where this is all very interesting. It's in the chord. We've heard the song um, Hallelujah, you know, and it says there was mm -hmm. this chord. Please the Lord, or here's a, here's a 1960s album art from the Moody Blues, 1967, and this whole album is called In Search of the Lost Chord, and it has death on one side, birth on the other, sort of this moving up through zero point, and then you open the album cover and you've got the giant, you know, Trienta there. Yeah, that, I mean, we are, we have been on this quest to know what these is, are the cookie crumbs they're the cookie crumbs what is this mystery cord that we're looking for and i don't think it's all that mysterious i think it was supposed to be there in our face because we hear when we hear this this these three tones it's almost like we're programmed to think oh everything is correct it's a bit of programming that's even part of this mystery is why when we hear that three set of tones why do we get happy thoughts? Why do we think everything is going well in a movie? If we play the minor, we think, oh, everything's kind of dangerous. I'd much rather hear the resolution of a major chord. And here's nature communicating to us that nature uses a major chord. That's a full loop right there. I mean, that's the vortex is we already recognize a major chord is sounding right. And things like the Fibonacci cycle and geometry reveal a major chord. That's not insignificant. It's not. And people, I, I love this one from Deer says, my macaw was very interested when you played your chimes. Um, they're not tuning forks, they're chimes. They look mm -hmm. like this. Um, and she wanted to be picked up to get closer to moan, kept turning her head in different directions. And we've seen that when we play these. They put us in a state of peace and calm. And I've had a lot of um, people who do yoga and meditations purchasing, purchasing these from holisticharmonichealing.com. That's where we have them available. And actually bringing them into places where people want to feel more peace and want to feel more calm. <laughs> and on that website, Eric gives a whole description of how this came to be there's a whole video section in there of of using using the chimes and um eric i'm glad you i'm glad you use them in your presentations and i'll have to let you know before we've gone live every single morning i played the chimes to clear the energy in the room because i did work with a, a rainbow thunderheart who said that he felt the the chimes cleared energy better than sage when we were 
doing work together. So you're definitely on to something. Well, we are creating sure. a, a vibrational knows. field and it's a complex one. It is not just a single tone, it is three tones. And then of course they make overtones and more complex harmonics. But I, excuse me, do believe we have been guided to these particular tone sets um, throughout history, 6,000 years at least. And I love seeing the, I saw the woman's comment about her parrots. If you remember when we first started playing around with these tones eight years ago, we invited people to play them, um, not mention anything to their children or of course it doesn't matter to their pets and just see if playing the tones did something. And we got all kinds of responses like birds coming up to the windows and insects swarming the computer screen. And this lady just said her birds and dolphins. We, we definitely seem to have some anecdotal evidence that the, we're not just barking up a ridiculous tree. No, and thank you so much, Eric. I know we, we ran a little bit behind today and I wasn't sure when we were gonna end. So I'm seeing it's time that we, we wrap it up. Thank you so much for all of your comments and Eric, you're phenomenal. <laughs> I love all the work you're bringing forward. You, you know that and please tune in to Eric, catch him on Portal to Ascension on, uh, on his Sonic Geometry presentation. This was a more conversational yeah. um, talk, but he will be giving a full presentation on Saturday, December 5th, 12 to 2. And you can go to sonicgeometry.com for all of his videos and holisticharmonichealing.com for the chimes. Thank you, Eric. It was great. I'm so glad. Um, See all that energy everyone sent. Calm. It held. It held pretty yes. stable. <laughs> it did. It did Thank great. You. I appreciate everyone that joined the chat. Um, I love sharing this information. It, I get more excited the more I talk about it all these years later. Well, you, you're doing a great job and I know there's a lot more to come. There's a lot more information coming in and a lot more to come. So thanks again, Eric. And I can't wait to see you again in the studio at the station, Awakening Code Radio, Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m., sometimes 8 to 9, depending on where we're at. And um, that's on kxfmradio.org. All right, Eric. There we go. Take care. Love you. I think. See you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>
found the truth Seeking universal dharma The basic life force is connected through the prana Just focus on the love, transcendent state nirvana The calcify the third eye, conditioning program Rewire my neural pathways, chemical romance Shamanic wisdom, plant medicine, we slow dance Currency of energy is worth more than gold bands And tribalism separates and incites wars It's where the world is free, corruption writes laws Knowledge is power, amplified from the light source Trust me, the divine guide me to the right course Someone understand what we sent to a psych ward Love is all we need, it's what I'm willing to die for Lo and behold, the kingdom of heaven is within me we particles of God, Christian, Muslim, Jews, and Hindus Love existed before the man-made religions We plant the seeds, bring the truth to fruition To this life of ecstatic bliss, rhyme sayers give high praise and they give the sky a kiss. During performance, the stage fright is a myth. Anxiety is just energy without a fist. So I raise my fist high above the clouds, oceans, and stardust. Vulnerable to natural disasters, but I still trust. Been swept off my feet by the corruptors lust. Keep my mouth shut, peons don't fuss. Keep the thoughts to myself. Here now, incarnated to help move the waves. Pave the way to open galactic wars, ascenders, intergalactic wars, fragmented and soul splintered. Weather the most brutal winter of the zodiac age. One day I'll speak of this age when time was split into hours and days, minutes and seconds, life was a shipwreck. I remember the time we thought we were separate from the divine and saw peace from the outside, neglecting the internal world and the cells they will divide into infinitesimal pieces. Reclaim inner peace again, only to come back and experience another dimension. I've been on the fence, my man, experiencing this earth and this land, but connected to another reality that supersedes limited mentality of beliefs and fears that lie underneath all of humanity. The mission is to be set free from my own captivity. Yeah. It's portal to ascension, light work is on a mission. We hold the gates open, bringing truth and the wisdom. There's more to this world than you see with your own eyes. Infinite energy, it's freedom when the soul flies.